You're listening to the Soul Ties Podcast with Kenyon and Takar Martin, counselors and authors of Journey to Freedom, The Soul Ties Detox. We bring awareness to toxic relationships, encourage singles growth, and improve couple strengthening. We specialize in repairing the people that relationships broke. And this year, our goal is to see 10,000 hearts healed from toxic relationships. Join us every week on Facebook Live, Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can also send your questions to Instagram at AskTheMartins and Twitter at AskTheMartins. And for more information on the 10,000 Heart Tilled Initiative, booking information, or our services, visit TheSoulTiesDetox.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. Evening. We're in two nights in a row. What's up, y'all? We are enjoying this tonight. We are. It, it is going to be a strong night, and this is something that we've been wanting to actually address for a minute yes. that we received. But first of all, how you doing, baby? You in it? You in I'm, it to win it? I am in it to win it. What's up, everybody? <laughs> let's go ahead and read this letter and let's get down to brass tacks. Let's read the letter. Get down to brass tacks. Okay, now. Pull in with us here. This Pull is a in. lot of information here. It is. And I'm going to try to do my good reading without my eyeglasses. So y'all pray my strength. Okay. So she says, hello, love listening to your podcast. Okay, here we go. I've been with my husband for almost 20 years, but we've only been married four years. We have two children together and I have a daughter from a previous relationship. Here's the problem. My husband cheated and had a child with one of my co-workers mm -hmm. this child is almost three years old at the support hearing for the child the child's mother told the judge that she didn't want the child around me because i threatened to kill him but i didn't even know about the child until the sheriff delivered the restraining order at that point i didn't want the marriage anymore because i wanted him to be there for his child and not have to choose he didn't want that, so we went to counselors and our pastor. None of that seemed to help me forgive. Until this day, I struggle. During this time, my husband was diagnosed with a mental illness, which causes him to have episodes resulting in stressful moments for me. During these moments, I want out. When I want out, he asks, will I leave him while he is sick? But I have not been happy in this marriage since this child was brought into this marriage. I don't know what else to do. I still love him, but I'm haunted when he wants to mention spending time with his child or when he acts out in his mental disorder. Our kids don't want us to divorce and I don't have the family support I needed to move forward. What do I do to heal? Sorry, she wow. says, what can I do to heal? Okay, that's, it's these kind of questions that, that really break my heart and they really move me because I know that the problem is not what she says the problem is. Right. Here's what happens. Usually when people approaches us, approach us with an issue, that main issue is an outblooming or a or an explosion of issues that has led up to that. Right. And this is where I want all of our single people to pull in here because we were able to I was able to look through this and extract what the main problem is. And we're going to. We're going to tell you what it is. You sound so We're nice and gentle. <laughs> you sound like a big black Joel Osteen. <laughs> oh, Disney guys, Takara. 
doesn't he? Didn't our hearts burn within us? I'm sorry. Okay, babe. I don't like you. <laughs> I love you though. Okay, so, um, but no, but it's, it's real important that people get what we're about to say here, especially singles, because there are some, well, I'll tell you what it is and then I'll begin to unpack it. Yeah. All right. The theme and core issue of what this woman, what you, ma'am, are carrying mm-hmm. and have been carrying for some time is self-abandonment. Okay? Mm-hmm. Throughout this entire correspondence, throughout this entire email or that we received through IG. Yeah. Um, it is latent. It is sprinkled. It is smothered, actually, and giving up on self. Yes. She loves him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure of it, but it's not love that's moving her. It's the habit of self-abandonment. And this is a common issue among singles because we think mm-hmm. as, as singles, we believe, and I'll tell you why I'm going this way. We believe that if we give all of ourselves, we'll get what we need back. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And what ends up happening is we give enough of ourselves away where there's nothing more to give away. And all we're getting back is dysfunction, toxicity, and we're getting hurt back. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's where this is. The main serious issue right here is self-abandonment. Did you want to hit, hit something real quick? Yeah. Um, because as singles and even as married wives, um, if you grew up, tap your hearts on here thumbs up hearts if you grew up in a church environment mm-hmm. um um all your life because one of the things that i true. think has been passed down in church environments um throughout days and it doesn't matter what nationality what denomination where you come from for a very long time until we really fully understood what grace and the finished works of christ did for us a lot of us were raised in an environment and taught to believe that if we give God X, then he will give us this. If we do, do, do and create a works-based relationship with God, then if I do this for God, he is going to give this for me. The same translated into marriages because the whole love your wives as Christ loves the church. The husband is the priest of the home. All of that stuff translated into the home. And so when we were taught to submit, when we were taught to give our all, it was based on that same premise that these works based relationships are what create love in the home. And that's not the case. And so what happens is when we've been raised with this, when we've been raised with this patriarchal idea that this is what marriage and relationship is supposed to be it's supposed to be give and they take but we don't get anything back it creates this kind of environment of we will pour our all we will self-abandon ourselves we will lose ourselves for the sake of giving Mm. and hoping to receive the love that we desire in return absolutely that's amen amen and this starts we start practicing this would you agree that we start practicing this while we are dating not even not even waiting to marry before we submit to that degree yeah because it's turned into an idea of 
a lot of times when we meet certain certain types of men, I'm not going to say all men, but a lot of times when we meet a man and when he dangles the idea or when he creates the idea that, listen, I'm not sure if I want to get married or I'm not sure if you're going to be that one. We'll see where things go. We make up in our mind that this is what we have to do in order to make sure that we can prove that we are going to be a suitable mate for them. Right. Now, this does not let, let me make sure that we're clear here. This does not negate what we are told to do as spouses. Yes. What we're talking about is a works based relationship. Yes. There's a difference. Yes. Because I love her. There should be nothing that she has to do to earn or gain my love if I am a husband like Christ. However, she does things not to gain my love, but because she loves me mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to disappoint me. Then vice versa. I submit myself to her and I gain uh, and I give to her. I serve her. Yes. Especially as a servant leader and priest of the home. So I want to make sure that we are getting that correct. We we have to um, have a line of demarcation. We have to separate this. OK, because I want to make sure that you understand that any relationship of love, yes. of intimacy, of romance is not and should not be a works based relationship. And so one of the things that we found is that a works and within these work based relationships that we think that we the way we think we're supposed to function, we end up with this uh, uh, a situation of self abandonment. Yes. The tendency to abandon ourselves. And I'm going to unpack that in a little bit. But let's look at some of the details of this letter so I can show you how we extracted that in an almost 20 year uh-huh relationship mm-hmm. okay almost 20 years two things happened within the last four years the first thing happened was marriage almost immediately after that marriage the second thing happened was the affair and the baby yes we got God. a three-year-old child that is four years of marriage we got a three-year-old child if you do the math you know that happened within that was con- that child was within conceived a few months. within the first year no, no, no. Within the first few months, it takes nine months to deliver the baby. Mm-hmm. They've been married for four years. I would even say the baby either happened right at the time of marriage or just before. Which means that this relationship was even was before. Already was already going on. Absolutely. So, so now here, this is the part where you have to realize that this, there's more going on here than just this issue. Yes. See, he was not suddenly prone to cheating on her. He was already this person mm-hmm. after almost 20 years anyway, or about that time, about 16 years. He was already this person anyway. He was so much this person. He felt so safe in where he was and where he stepped out mm-hmm. that he did it in close proximity. This woman that he got pregnant was right where she worked. Right. You didn't get you didn't get your own coworker pregnant, man. <laughs> you got my coworker pregnant. Mhm. Mhm. Which means he, mm. exactly, exactly. All so all the cuss words that are in my head right now. So don't say them. Thank you Jesus. <laughs> oh my. So here here's what here's one thing that we do know. We know in 20 years, in 20 years, ma'am, and and I want to the rules here is simple. We don't judge you. We deal with this with compassion and charity, but we also deal with this with truth. Right. It's very important that we tell the truth because if we don't tell the truth, we can't lead you to where you're asking us to take you. Right. All right. 
Right. So the first thing we know that in 20 years, this has happened before, whether you've seen it or not. Mm -hmm. Okay. More than likely you have more than likely, you know, what kind of person this is in these years. We know that you've been challenged by his behavior. Right. Okay. In these years, we know that you've displayed loyalty, faithfulness, um, a sense of obligation and a sense of accountability to him. Right. You've done all the things to him that you want him to do to you. You've given him all the things that you should give. Okay. Or you should have given as a person who was headed to marriage. Right. But you've given all the things that he's never, he hasn't given back to you. And you know this, yet you did it anyway. That's self abandonment. Okay. It, and ahead, here's, man. here's where it became self abandonment. I'm going to tell you where it becomes self abandonment for us mm -hmm. ladies. It becomes self abandonment at the point that we begin to tell ourselves that if I just keep on, if I just a little while longer, if I just just a little bit more, one day he is going to appreciate what I'm doing. One day he is going to wake up and see that he ain't going to be able to find no other woman like me one day. And so we begin to tell ourselves this and it becomes our internal mantra. It becomes our chant. It becomes our freedom song, mm -hmm. you know, our spiritual that every thing that we do for them everything that we begin to bend over backwards and accept and take that this becomes the this becomes the the road to where as soon as he wakes up and realizes everything's gonna be all right and guess what as soon as okay fine i'm gonna get him to marry me and i'm telling you as soon as we get married marriage changes people and at that point is honestly it's like your famous last words it becomes your declaration do you would you say mm -hmm. that like mm -hmm. i do declare the problem yes. and i want to i want to enter this into the mix here and i want to make sure i don't know her her spiritual leaning so i want to make sure but i do know your spiritual leaning on many of you i want to make sure you understand a lot of women and, and people go through men mm -hmm. to go through this process because they are busy declaring and saying that this person yeah will be someone else right and so you believe that through the power of god and the blood of christ that yeah. you can manipulate someone to be who they have not chosen to be mm. when we all given a choice and we can't go there does that make sense mm -hmm. babe Perfect. so let me let's go let, i want to go a little bit deeper into the self-abandonment issue because now i know a lot of people maybe not you but a lot of people who's going to watch this are going to have the question, well, isn't that what I'm supposed to do? Isn't, aren't I supposed to love them despite what they've given me or despite who they are? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? And so I want to introduce you to a term. And this term is called a near enemy. And here's what I mean by that. Um, self-sacrifice when we dealing with self-sacrifice we deal with the uh the the, the um, complete enemy the complete enemy of self-sacrifice is selfishness so self-sacrifice and the opposite of self-sacrifice is selfishness so that is the complete enemy that's a complete enemy okay the the uh near enemy is is not necessarily the, the complete opposite the near enemy is something that looks like what you think you're being Right. Self-abandonment is the near enemy of self-sacrifice. Okay. Does that make sense? Self-abandonment is the near enemy of self-sacrifice. Gotcha. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let me tell you how that works. 
they look the same, but they're not the same because self-sacrifice is you giving yourself for others. It's a voluntary decision with an outcome of service. Self-abandonment is you've given up on yourself because of others. And you feel as if you have no choice because this is the right thing to do. That's the difference. Right. Self-sacrifice is welcomed in a healthy and, um, and loving relationship. Self-abandonment is literally emotionally cutting yourself off. Is, 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 for lack of a better word, it's a form of suicide. Does that make sense? Yes. Let me tell you something, though. Okay. Self-sacrifice is only... I don't even want to say it's good. Self-sacrifice is only a valid action in a healthy relationship when you have a partner who is willing to sacrifice themselves on the under end on the other end of that. Right. Right. Eventually. Not all the time. Not, but, but, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But though. when it comes down to it, there are things that I do as a point of sacrifice because I love you and because we are a team and because I know that when it comes down to it, babe, when I need you, you are going to sacrifice for me. That's how we work. It's a team. It's back and forth. I'm going to sacrifice this over here, but I know next week you got me over here when it's taking all the kids to school and all that over here. So I'm going to hold this down over here. When it becomes self-abandonment, you literally, you don't even look for the other person to give you back what you've been giving in return. You are seriously throwing yourself on the altar for them without expecting anything Amen. else Amen. in return. And that's where you begin to abandon yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. You give up on yourself. It's not that you're giving yourself, you're giving up on yourself because of who they are. And self-abandonment ends in perpetual pain. And that's the reason why you feel stuck. Yes. That's something that you have to. And I wanted to spend some time to really dig into that because as singles. Right. Okay. I don't want you guys out there. As singles, finding yourself, giving yourself, giving up on yourself mm -hmm. for someone to try to make them better. Jesus. To yes. try to change them, to try to manipulate their behavior because you won't be able to do it. And if you if, ask me, you got 16 years of this relationship. Right. I can almost, almost I'm mm -hmm. subject to be wrong sometimes, but I can almost guarantee that the last four years of marriage, there was a real pulling of the teeth to get him to that altar. Absolutely. It was probably, it became an ultimatum. I can, for most situations like this, it becomes an ultimatum of do or die. If you don't marry me, I'm going to leave. And even then, sometimes it's a subtle bluff. Absolutely. But marry me or I'm going to leave. And that's how they get you there. But here's the problem. Here's why they marry you after finally 16 years and then after an ultimatum. Because you have made it okay for them to be exactly who they are and marry them anyway. You have made it okay and you have let them believe or let them know, honestly, that you are not going anywhere mm -hmm. um, in that. And so when it comes down to it, it's like, okay, I'm going to marry her, but at least I still get to be who I am. At least I don't have to change. At least I don't, I'm not going to be held to any kind of standards because you have trained them to believe that you will sacrifice yourself for them every single time 
they fall out every single time they mess up every single time they do something and that's become the cycle and that's become the norm and honestly that's become the place that you are right now and not not understanding how to get out and it's because you've trained them to think that that's who you are amen amen so the first thing you have to come to terms with is the idea that you have been abandoning yourself what you have been doing has not been you. You say you love me. You saying you doing. You think you're doing it because it's love, but you found a comfortable place there of giving up on yourself. So th that's what that is. I want you to take a good look at yourself with that, and we're going to carry that further here because now we're going to answer a question, okay? Um, or we're going to give you our first answer. Now, our first answer is not necessary to the letter, but it's in retrospect. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. So, is is retrospectively looking at your position right now, what you've what where, where you've come from, and how far you've come. And the first answer I can give you, looking in retrospect, right? You shouldn't have married him in the first place. So, I want to follow this up though, and mm -hmm. and listen. This is why we do what we do. This is why we have our book. This is why we train people the way that we train them is because there is no way that you woke up one day as a child and said, this is how I want my marriage to be. This is mm -hmm. how I want my life to be. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I'm desperate and dying to know and don't answer here, um, but ask yourself, who taught you that this was love? Right. And for all of us, you know, if you have gone through our book, you understand where this is coming from. But for me, I'll say when I had to finally get to a place of when, where I had to say that, number one, this is enough. And, no, and number two, no more. I had to start asking myself, where did I learn that this was love? Where did I learn that this is what I was supposed to be feeling like every single day when I wake up? Where did I learn that ride or die meant die? for me mm, mm, absolutely period and that's what i really want you to find and ask yourself that and if you have a hard time answering those questions hit us up we can tell you that that is not love and yeah. where you learn that from mm -hmm. or maybe you're maybe you've seen that but your perception of that mm -hmm. how you receive that how you learn that 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 certainly wasn't love now here's what we do know you're married now Mm -hmm. so that was retrospective that was your old decision you already made a decision so let's move into the because all you can do right now is make new decisions right and so your question to us is how do i heal what you're really asking is how do i tolerate and survive in an environment that i don't want to be in that's what you're really asking right you're you're, you're asking you you said how can i heal from this but you've told us in many different in, in all these instances, while you are still capitulating to his needs, you're saying you don't want to be here. So even her question still disregards what she needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how these things work. So you are in this place and you're feeling stuck because you have no personal or moral support. You feel stuck because you you feel obligated to be with him through his mental illness and you feel stuck because leaving is not what anyone else wants you to do. Let me tell you why nobody wants you to leave. And, I, and this includes your children, because everybody is comfortable with you abandoning yourself. You make discomfort look good. Mm. And because you make discomfort look good, you make them comfortable. They would never be comfortable, more comfortable than they are with you. 
this is a lesson. This is something that you need to really, really pull in here. Yes. So how do you heal? You tell me. I'll ask this question. You don't have to answer here, but I'll ask this question for you to bubble around in your mind. How does a person who's been burned heal while standing in, still standing in the flames? Exactly. How does a person who's been hit by a vehicle heal while still laying in traffic? You are in a place that is dangerous, emotionally dangerous. And each and every day you're being pulled down mm-hmm. and you're lo- you've lost yourself a long time ago, but you, you're being pulled, pulled, pulled down to where you feel your loss of right. yourself. Does that right. make sense? Yes. Perfect sense. So I'll let that sit with you, but I want to make this clear. Now, this is the thing. When we lay things out, it is important that we tell the truth. We are not into people being bound in a living hell. Right. Absolutely. We'll help you come up. I mean, you come up with your decisions, but we'll tell you what the options are. Mm. And right here, if I can make it exponentially clear. Right. All right. You have every single right to walk away a lot of people don't want to hear it. a lot of ministers don't want to hear it because a lot of ministers don't understand the, the the bible when it comes to dealing with divorce but you have every single right to walk away number one he's cheated he's cheated in close proximity he's left you uncovered and Takar, you let you let me i said you know this lady lied on you and he left you uncovered he let it go but you brought something to my attention oh because in the letter she said <laughs> You know, when they went to the support hearing, the woman said that the that her, the woman who wrote the letter, the wife threatened to kill the child. And so you didn't want your child around me because allegedly I threatened to kill your child. Right. And she didn't even find out till she was served. the papers. She didn't find out until she was served the papers. So my thing is, what's the number one way to keep the side chick away from the main chick is the dude right there in the middle saying, uh-uh, don't go over there. She crazy. She says she's going to kill the baby. Number one, unfortunately, I know these people. I've dated these type of people. Like, when it comes down to it, that's exactly how he's keeping you away. And so it's not even just leaving you uncovered. It's willfully ripping the cover off from up under you and throwing you into the middle of traffic. Amen. Wow. Period. Wow. 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 So you have every reason to walk away. However, this is not what you want to do. That's not what you asked us to tell you to do. That's not what you want. That's not the direction you want to go. And we honor you for that. That is okay. There is no judgment here. We just want to make sure that you understand that it's completely legal to do what you need to do in order to get your peace. You, the one, uh, a few of the reasons why you haven't is because you've been manipulated by his ailment. And uh, number two, you've been manipulated by people who are, who are used to you giving up on yourself or used to you being comfortable, uh, di- uncomfortable so they can be comfortable. And, um, what was the other one? Um, what, Oh man, I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. But you, what, what you did was you've decided not to, uh, Oh, because you don't have any support. You don't have any familial support, someone to help you through this. So I get it. I get it. 
Um, but you understand that really internally you want to walk away. And I'm just letting you know, at least from a spiritual perspective, um, you're you're free to do that. Can I just say two things? Um, I'm going to say something. Okay. And it's going and it's going to be a plug for listen for what we the soultiesdetox.com. That's okay. our book. We number one, we do not walk you through divorce. We do not walk you through a breakup. Our book is a resource. Our program is a resource to help you heal after you have made the decision to do that. True. That's number one. What I will suggest number two, if divorce is not on the table for you and again, we honor you for that. We absolutely do believe in functional separations as well. Yes. And while you are in that separation, I would encourage you to go through a program like the Soul Ties Detox, because what it does, it doesn't just help you break free from that relationship. It helps you un uh, uncover the damage that has been done to you that allowed you to receive this type of treatment to begin with. Right. But then it also helps you begin to see yourself in a different light and how you were shaped, how you were formed and the kind of love you are supposed to receive. But the first thing it's going to do, it's going to help you uncover the kind of love that has shaped you into the place that has you believing that this is the kind of love that you desire going through that program and then helping yourself heal and I would even recommend what he's going to say later, but it's going to be amazing for you. And we have an amazing support group. Y'all raise your hand. If you're in here right now and you are a member of our soul ties detox support group, because these women, they rally around each other. They help each other. They pray for one another. They support each other. They are there every day, every morning. Chelsea's here. Chelsea's be in there throwing out quotes for people. TC people who are there every single day. We rally around the people that need our love and our support and our help the most. And I will tell you right now, if you need that, that's something that comes along with the book that we can help you do that. I'm going to stop there, but I'm just saying, I know you don't have the family and support, but when you join our fold, you become part of our family. Absolutely. Now, just to make sure that we're clear, a lot of people don't understand what a functional separation is. Thank you. Uh, a lot of people utilize separation as the first step towards divorce. That's not what we say. When we counsel someone to its functional separation, uh, what we're saying is, is that you must, you need to get out of the environment, the toxic environment that is killing you. So you separate from each other. However, you can, how, whatever, in whatever way you could do that, there is no dating. Right. There is no outs any. There is no outside involvement from anyone else. What happens is, is you go to your corner. You go to your corner. Now, in each one of those corners, we recommend a, um, a levels of counseling and self care. Right. And as those people yes. go through that self care and that self in that counseling. Um, what ends up happening is that they begin to get counseled together. So though being counseled together becomes dates. And so they go to counseling, then they come from that and right. then they go on out to dinner or whatever right. the case may be. And then what happens is, is they functionally begin to rebuild the barriers that were yes. broken. Yes, thank you. So that's what that means. A lot of people don't know what that means because it has been used in a different way. That's not how we use it, just to make sure that that's clear. Okay. Amen. No, and, and I wanted you to do that, so thank you. Okay, so now, you... We told you you could walk away. You don't want to walk away. We honor you for that. So here is the answer, the specific answer to your question. How do I heal while I'm here? Or how do I? We we heard something different, but we're going to answer the question that you asked. How do I heal while I'm here? Mm -hmm. 
pull in here because there's only one way you can heal mm-hmm. while you're here. Right. You have to have your husband's participation and support. You cannot, you will not, the marriage will not heal until he gets on board with your healing. Exactly. Period, point blank. That is it. That is all. A husband is Christ. A husband is the priest of the home. A husband is the healer. We cover each other. We help each other. And because he's broken so much, he has to clean up the mess that he has made. And until he does that with all patience, with all love, with all tenderness, and with all intent to cover and protect you, then you will not get what you need to live in that environment. That is it. Right. Now, let me run down a list of the steps of how that works. Does right. that make sense? Yes. Number one, you need separate counseling. I don't know who you went to before. Go to someone different and get counseling for yourself. You're hurt. You may be going through a few things. I can't diagnose you. I won't diagnose you. You need to, if you need help finding someone, we have someone that we finally ran into someone that we love. Yes. They take um they take insurance and they do virtual counseling exactly. as far as marriages as they, far as uh um licensed practitioners are concerned. Licensed counselors. Lo- those who can diagnose you. So, you need separate counseling, all right? He'll need separate counseling as well. Right? He has to come to terms with what he's done. I'll get into him in a minute. The second thing you'll need is marital counseling. I don't know who you went to before. <laughs> you're going to go to somebody different this time. Can I just say, I'm sorry. Go ahead, babe. We love the Lord. We love the angels that he has set as the head of his church houses all over the world. Mm-hmm. However, it is high time that we acknowledge pastors and clergy for who they are and what they are. But we also need to acknowledge their limitations. Absolutely. And at this point, there are times when you are dealing with abuse. And I'm sorry, when somebody habitually cheats on you, when somebody um, does this kind of things that you've had to endure, that is abuse. At this point, pastors, we love you and we uphold you and uplift you in prayer. But if you do not have the proper clinical training to deal with some of these situations, I implore you to please have resources available to help send people to places where they can get unbiased, unbiased help from the situations that they are dealing with. And I do not believe that in all situations, clergy needs to be counseling people in these situations. Absolutely. Your, if your gift is exhortation, your gift is teaching, your gift is, is certain guidance in particular areas. That's okay. If your gift is motivation or inspiration, that's okay. We're not going to tell you how here, here, since we're talking to pastors, I'll I'll put it in this. This is the very, this is so important. Watch this. Mm Mm-hmm. Moses is Moses is <laughs> uh, father-in-law Jethro told him he can't do it all. Thank you. Yes, he has to find someone, people he trusts, mm-hmm. who can handle the judgments, who can handle the small things, while Moses handles the big things. Right. You, pastor, are in a position to handle the big things. And not saying that these are small things and 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 importance, but these are things that perhaps 
um, someone else can handle and actually walk people through right. properly. Does absolutely. that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay, so if your gift is exhortation and all that kind of stuff, go ahead and continue. Lean on your gift. gift. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. So marital counseling, marital counseling. Now, here's where your husband comes in. Your husband must function as a healer. Let me tell you how he does that. Number one, he participates in counseling. He has to participate in the marital counseling. He has to participate in his own counseling and he has to participate as a supporter of your counseling. Mm-hmm. Okay, so his participation goes a long way. Number two, he must cover you. You are now his main priority. He makes every effort to let make sure that you know that you come first, that you are numero uno. Mm. Anyone outside of you two is not priority, including as a married couple, um, any other one of the, ch- the children that you've had, the children that y'all had together, and the child that he had. What ha- what, and what must happen is he must protect mm-hmm. you, whether that was a lie he told or a lie she told, somebody lied. He now must fess up and confront that lie and protect you from it. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, he also must be in the process of rebuilding. That's where the functional separation comes in. And he begins to rebuild that faith, that faithfulness and that trust right. that he should, that he should have. Um, he need to di- address his dysfunction. It does no good to attempt to help you through something. If he doesn't address or admit that he broke what he had. Mm. he has to admit that he broke it. He has to address that he broke it and he has to address those parts in his character and behavior that must change in order to be a healthy husband in order to handle what he broke. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Finally, he must have personal accountability for his ailment. Right. Um, If you are ill, if there there are mental things that goes on and you're chemically unbalanced and you know this, mm-hmm. you are accountable to respond to that and to protect other people around you from that. Mm-hmm. Stay on your medication. If you start having one of those tantrums or fits or whatever the case may be, you move out of the area, you sit down, you do whatever. It, there are, you can still, I don't care how, ill you are in this situation you can still be cognizant enough to protect your wife period point blank and if it's a wife as a husband i'm talking to to her right now so he must be cognizant and that's where his that those are the ways that he heals and helps to heal her but you're not going to get healed until he 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 accepts all this until he receives all this until he absorbs all this and he acts in all this and demonstrates in in it consistently consistently not one day not one week not one month not one quarter he has to be consistent maybe a year or even two go ahead babe let me tell you let me tell you let me tell you because someone has an illness because someone has an ailment and i don't care what the illness is i've seen people have cancer and be nasty to their significant others i don't care what it is regardless of what it is that you're going through their commitment and dedication to you does not give you the right to assault them with your illness absolutely thank you 
your love for them should, like you said, cover them and secure them from your illness. I'll never forget, and I'll and I'll say this, and y'all probably get sick of me saying it. I don't care. I love my husband. When we were even dating, one of the prayers that my husband prayed over me was that God protect her from her enemies, but protect her, God, even if you need to protect her from me. And that was one of the first prayers he ever prayed over me. And that is the prayer of someone who wants to truly cover the person that he loves. And so with that, his actions of protection followed up with that. If you love your wife and if you truly want to make your marriage work, everything that you do should be in an effort to cover her, even from cover her and protect her even from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see Felicia. Felicia said hello yesterday now, mister. Absolutely, babe. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Finally, a final word for you. You have to come out of that shell Mm -hmm. because here's what we're really seeing. You're there because you have no other choice. Exactly. Or you feel like you have no other choice. It's either people's acceptance, yes. either social, either family, the kids want you to be there. Maybe the church wants you to stay there and continue to do that. Um, is is either, uh, it could be pleasing God. You feel like God is un- going to be unpleased if you desert, decide to walk away. Um, his manipulation and abandonment and, and him forcing you to be accountable to him and his issues. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So now he's asking you to be accountable to him and he still get to be unaccountable to you. So I'm going to tell you right now, you have to, um, and I had to think about this because at first I was going to tell you, stop worrying about people being around you, but that's, that's more my strength. (laughs) (laughs) What you have to do is you have to find somebody solid that you can anchor into who can help walk you through and help give you the moral support that you need. Now, a lot of times family also give economic support and places to stay. If that's you and you find yourself where, okay, there's an economic problem, which is a reason why, Mm -hmm. then in order to get free, you're going to have to, if this applies to you, you're going to have to work or work more. You're going to have to put stuff back. You're going to have to uh, plan. You're going to have to be accountable in those areas to your freedom in order to do that. If it's a God issue, don't worry about it because we told you uh, what the deal was. And if you need more information on that, we'll give you the scriptures <laughs> and the guidance on that. Can I say this? There's, yes. And I'm not I'm not going to obviously say the words, but there is literally a financial planner and advisor that I am connected to who literally has a financial GT, GTFOH <laughs> plan. <laughs> okay. And it's essentially helps you plan those things that you need to do in order to be able to afford your escape. How does she, how does she market that? I don't understand. She doesn't market it. And that's the thing she doesn't. It is one of her resources though, that she has on her website. You can't market that because nobody's going to market. Hey, you need to get out Molly. You need you, you endangered girl run. No, because we're not advocates of divorce. What we are advocates of, if you need to get to safety, we realize that sometimes people stay in toxic and abusive situations because they cannot afford to get out. So she has a plan in place. Um, and it's relatively inexpensive. And I'm again, send us a message if you want to learn more about that. I'm just saying, if that is something that you need, there are people, it is available. And I just, I just wanted to put that out there. Absolutely. Finally, we want to tell you to be safe. You have to be safe. This guy, this man has a 
clinical reason, a clinical excuse. He's given himself himself a clinical excuse to abuse you, at least emo- emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very convenient to me, and we've lost too many women, and I do not like the way that sounds because uh, once you get comfortable getting away with something else, that stuff escalates. It does. It does. And I don't want it to go from mental emotional um into physical into oh you because he's used to listen he's used to having you you've had you for 16 the reason why he said no i don't want a divorce um because you said i'll divorce you just so you can spend more time with him and i don't have to be around i knew that was your your way of trying to get out of it but the reason why he said no was because he's used to controlling you he's used to that manipulation he's addicted to his own stuff too right and he's addicted to having his hand on you he's addicted to having his foot on your neck and so as soon as you begin to wiggle and move it as soon as you begin to find yourself as soon as you begin to put yourself in a position where you're personally empowered and you see yourself in your own self value and you stop abandoning yourself you can still love him through that but as soon as you start finding yourself Mm-hmm. He's going to get enraged and you're going to see things out of him that right. you've never seen before. Right. Anyone, male or female, who loses something that they've never lost before, that they've been having their hands on and they're controlling, um, uh, all hell breaks loose when they um, when you take it away from them and exactly. they take it personal. So your safety is paramount. You're going to need to get your safety together. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, so we went through all of that. It was a lot. Uh, yeah. It was a lot, but we wanted to take a day to really dedicate it to her. She's been waiting. Right. Um, she's asked us, and uh, but we knew that there are other people who are dealing with this. From the marriage side, there are people who are in dire situations who don't know how to get out. Mm-hmm. They're trying to love their best. They're trying to do their best they're trying to do what they think they're supposed to do yet their theology is broken and so what happens is they're staying there in hell and god said i saved you from hell (laughs) the reason why christ died is so you don't have to be in hell he died you don't have to die for them so here's the thing so we so we wanted to speak to that but we also wanted to speak to singles who are on their way in that direction i know too many women personally even in my family and friends and those who send us letters who are who are extending themselves and abandoning themselves mm. in order to obtain their idea because they feel like they've come too far. They feel like they've invested too much. Given they've given five, much. 10, 15, 16 years and they don't want to go ahead and take the loss and walk away. They have children connected now and they don't know what to do. And so they've learned how to capitulate and a dysfunctional environment to give up to surrender. Okay, I'm like, what does that and, mean? And I'm a sorry. And, and, and a uh, and a dysfunctional and toxic environment. Mm. And I'm telling you now that you don't have to be there. You don't have to be there. There's not enough people telling us that we don't have to be there. We don't have to put up with this. Yeah, we don't have to deal with this. Amen. You don't have to be there. You don't have to die. Christ already died for you. Amen. And that's, I mean, that's it. That's offering. Um, <laughs> you can send your offerings to P.O. Box. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and listen, that's that there. And, and we'll end that there because I feel like, babe, that was a great place to end that off. You do not have to deal with that. Thank you for listening to the Soul Ties podcast recorded live on Facebook and distributed to iTunes and SoundCloud. Help us spread the word by rating us, leaving a review and sharing. 
and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. If this episode has helped you and you're ready to begin your personal journey to freedom, visit us at thesoultiesdetox.com. If you have questions that you'd like us to answer live, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter at Ask the Martins. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Soul Ties podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.